Welcome back to the Act Two podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. And now Tasha talks. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about pitching. This is another episode in our pitch series that we're going to do where we get very granular about what a pitch is and how you pitch. We're even going to have an episode where one of us actually does a live pitch. You can see uh, some of the tricks and tips that we talk about actually being put into use. Um, so today we are talking about the format of a pitch, just very generally, what should your pitch look like? Yeah, which I think is really important because people tend to overthink what a pitch is. And sometimes you kind of go into a little bit too much detail. Sometimes you want to say all these like really cool moments that aren't really necessary. And so since you're the pitch expert and the pitch master, we are going not to an official title. You just pick your brain. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I know this for a fact. And you're going to outline what to do and how to do it. Yeah. So I have uh, recently sold a few pitches just to get that out there. So it's not like, why the fuck is she talking to me about pitching? She doesn't know anything. Um, I have actually sold pitches. So that's a place that I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. This, that's why you're the master of this. Which is funny because I think you're the master. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> moving on. All right. So you have a pitch, Tasha. I'm going to paint a hypothetical picture. What What's the first thing in your pitch? So like when your pitch begins, are we talking about that you enter the room, the Zoom room? Hmm. What's the first thing that happens? The first thing I'm going to talk about is my introduction, which is why I'm so excited to work on this project and also very specifically why this project or why rather I am perfect for this project. So the project is perfect for me. I'm perfect for this project. And this is why. Um, and in the thing I'm pitching on Monday, for example, is an adaptation of a video game that I have played since I was a child. And I absolutely and utterly adore. <laughs> right. uh, I even have a picture of it in my office behind me. Um, and so I will talk about that in my introduction. And for when I first started, I was a little bit nervous to go all kind of emotional in this part. Like, oh my God, I love this project so much. And there is some a little bit of that to be aware of. But I also feel like that excitement that you have at the top, at the introduction, when you're like, why this is so perfect for me and why I'm the only person who can write this is honestly a really huge selling point. And I say, go for it. I agree. I think you have to go all in. I think, well, wait, actually, can I ask you a question? Going back, and I know this is, I'm now, I'm, I'm slightly off of the format of the pitch, but I just want to ask for, to clarify, is that how do you get into your introduction? You know, you do the small talk, this and that, you're in this room. Are you like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Sometimes it really varies. Um, yeah. Often small talk will be, will then lead to just like, all right, Tasha, what do you got for us? Okay. And a lot of times they'll like the small talk will be part of my introduction and right. then I'll just try to transition as smoothly as possible into the pitch itself. Meaning for example, um, it, on Monday, I could very well see this happening where uh, the producers I'm pitching to are like, Oh yeah, Tasha, didn't you say that you used to play these games? And that will segue perfectly into me pitching my introduction about, yes, I used to play these games and this is how much I love them. And then just launch right into my pitch. 
Okay. I only ask because a lot of times it's really awkward to get to that point with pitches, but really with anything, especially when you're doing meetings in the entertainment industry, where you're trying to get to the thing you're actually talking about. And there's just kind of that fluffer of like, oh, how's the weather? How's life? Where are you from? Like that kind of bullshit. Especially but anyway. when you're so nervous. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Am, I ready? Your, Am I ready? Your next month's rent depends on this pitch kind of thing. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's really okay. awkward. It can be very awkward. But uh, so, so the, the introduction is very important because it kind of shows your passion of why you're perfect for the project. And absolutely. then after the introduction, how do you structure your pitch? Usually I will structure it. And I say usually because over the last actually month or so, I've kind of been playing with structure a little bit, which I'll talk about later. But usually what I'll do after this is why I'm so excited and this is why I'm perfect for this job. I'll talk about theme, this overarching theme of what I want to get into so that I don't have to constantly keep reminding them as we go, this is the theme we're hitting. This is the theme we're hitting. I just say it right up front. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also a kind of an extension of your introduction, which is why I'm so excited about this project is because it deals with these themes about toxic masculinity or whatever the hell your story is about. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> um, you can talk about like why you're excited about those themes and it just kind of gives a nice like preface to what you're about to do and then um sometimes i will and this depends again on the pitch and what the story is calling for but sometimes i will also upfront talk about characters i will say that i do that less and less now because it's Really, you just want to launch into the story as soon as possible and get people interested and engaged as soon as possible. And if you're front loading your pitch with here's my theme and here are my characters, you know, Joe, Jack and Freddie, um, mm -hmm. I'm still not in your story yet. I'm not engaged with these characters yet. I don't I don't see them in action, so I don't care about them. And it's just kind of like a false start, really. And so what I like to do is bury my character descriptions in the actual pitch itself. But I used to front load it with characters and um, have started doing that less and less. Because you can just see the producer kind of their eyes glaze over and you're like, come on, right. I'm like two minutes into my pitch and you're already gone. And it's because you're not yet telling them a story. So I guess after characters, um, yeah, you just you just go. And I really try to say, like, we open on this and I paint a picture of what our opening shot is. You you because that immediately by saying that, like we open on this, it really helps bring people immediately into a story you're about to tell. And I think I said this in the last episode about pitching where the best advice I ever got was from my agents who said, really tell the story like you're sitting around a campfire. And that's kind of how I start to structure these pitches. Um, and, you know, I've also heard people say, like, pitch the trailer of the movie, essentially, like, basically, oh, you know, all of the hot spots that you right. would uh, see in a trailer. And um, so, yeah, my opening is going to then be we open on X, show our opening scene, make that opening moment really pop. And then paint what uh, my setup looks like. What does my act one look like? And this is usually where I'm introducing my characters through action, meaning I'm right. introducing my characters by what they are doing in the story versus Joe does 
this and he's this and he rather than instead I would say like Joe's getting on the train and Joe you can tell he's really uptight by the way he like you know has his suit I'm pitching terribly oh uh, no no that's not <laughs> but good. like but you're you're showing Joe in action versus stopping to tell Joe's description yeah it, I think the campfire just the way of telling a story through by way of campfire is perfect because you don't want to go in with bullet points and Joe gets on the train Joe does this Joe does that like you know yeah, really, I mean, you just said it, painting the picture and just really diving in and having that flow of a story is perfect. Yeah. And a thing that's really hard that I'm still learning to to master for sure, um, and each pitch I do teaches me something new about this, but it's trying to lead your pitch through emotion. And the pitch that I recently sold, I actually sold it in the room. And the first thing that someone said, one of the execs said was, I could really see the emotion so clearly in your pitch. And that was like a huge, he didn't know this, but it was a huge personal win for me because that's something I've been working really, really hard on is trying to rather than do what you just said, which is like, this happens and this happens and this happens. It's leading someone through the pitch, through, through emotions. And that's mm -hmm. how... And that's how they get connected. Like they almost don't care what the details of the story are. If they can right. track the emotions through your story, they feel like they understand it. And it's been really hard for me in particular to step away from trying to do a plot based pitch <laughs> um, and leaning yeah. more towards emotion. But it's clear from just that executive's uh, response in that room that it really pays to, to do it that way. Yeah, I think that's really important because if you ever hear a pitch or if you're ever pitching, when you just lean in on characters and where the characters are, and as my manager would say, when it comes to writing an emotional check-in, always, you know, this is what, yeah, look, this is what they're feeling. This is what we're going through. People always just latch onto that, especially mm -hmm. when it's a relatable feeling Yeah, time and time again. And we'll talk more in, in other episodes down the line in this series about how to actually go about doing that. Um, but just know that it's like, it's a major thing to really pay attention to when you're, when you're looking at your pitch script again, really do a pass and think about, are you telling me the plot or are you telling me the plot through the character's eyes? And that's really where you want to be instead. So yeah. after kind of setting up character and setting up the status quo of my story, um, I will then actually say on that, we break into act two. On whatever my act two break is, I'm going to say on that, we break into act two. And now we are into the promise of our premise. That's a common phrase that I like to use um, because it's very handy to let the executives know, key them into the fact that at the top of my act two, this is really the movie that you're signing up for. Um, and I'm, it's, it's oftentimes going to be, if it's a movie, it's going to be like in Ocean's Eleven, it's when they're breaking down the heist and all those mm -hmm. pieces are starting to come together. You know, they've already assembled their team in Act One. At the top of Act Two, it's the promise of building a heist around Danny Ocean. And then I will pitch that out. And then I'll actually say at our midpoint, this is what happens because that's a big turning point usually in your movie, or at least it should be. And so you want to say at this point in the movie, there's going to be this big turning point. Not only yeah. are you pitching sort of an emotional turning point in your story but you're also keying the people in the room in that you're halfway through your pitch and they really do like to know where they are in the story and oftentimes they will interrupt you to be like 
where are we in the story again? Where are we in the story again? So rather than having them have to do that, just give them those flag posts along the way. And that will be really helpful for just everyone involved. It also will help you on a business standpoint because it tells the executives that you have a handle on story that you know how a story progresses you know there should be a midpoint and you know exactly right. where it is so uh, i'm a huge advocate for these kinds of signposts i think some people will say like don't do that because it takes you out of the story um, i've never found that to be the case i agree so then moving forward, you then, of course, want to pitch what your low point of your movie is, how you break into act three, the climax, and then end with something that's a bit of a more of a kind of an emotional image or whatever your resolution is to to wrap things up. And yeah, that's usually my structure. It's the structure of the movie. I pitch the whole movie. That's why pitching is so hard is you have to come up with the whole movie. Yeah. And then I guess the question is how long typically are your pitches or how, what, what's the range you like to keep them? Like my first draft of my pitch is usually about 45 minutes. <laughs> um, my draft that I take into the room on the day of the pitch is usually going to be between 20 to 25. If it's real big world building stuff, 27, but anything more than that, I get real scared. And I think everyone else does too. It's just, it's yeah. just too, it's too much for someone to be able to pay attention. Yeah. That's the importance of giving those markers of saying where you are in the pitch. This is our act or second act. We're at our midpoint and, you know, and so on, because I think you're absolutely right that people, I'm just agreeing with you and everything that's happened. This is, I'm like a hype man in this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Feeling good. Feeling good. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing great. I agree. Uh, but yeah, the markers are really important in the format. I completely agree with that. No one wants to sit down and hear a long pitch. No. It doesn't matter who you are. No. <laughs> I think it's also, I, I don't know how this will help you, but it, it has helped me. Uh, when I worked at uh, a studio as an assistant, my boss is interesting that executives do not know what it takes for a writer to put a pitch together. They don't know. And it's really weird because they work in this business and they have for many years, um, but they don't understand that it could take, for me, it takes almost like a month to put together a pitch where I feel real confident in it. Um, yeah. Between two weeks, like two weeks is, is the like least amount of time I, I could possibly come up with a pitch. Um, but usually two to four is a sweet spot for me. So it takes that long to put together a pitch. And I don't, think executives actually know executives across the way don't know it takes you that long and that was interesting uh just information for me because it it sort of meant that they they don't want to see the work behind the pitch if that makes sense like they want it to be so clean and so clear because they think you came in the room and just like crapped it out right there right. they don't understand that you have been freaking out about this pitch for a whole month um, and so as easy and breezy as you can make it sound, that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. Again, this goes back to me chalking everything up to sports where you look at a, a athlete and you're like, why are they making this look so easy? And it's just because they put a lot of work into whatever they're doing. And just let me say, it is really strange that executives don't seem to, I think people pretend to not know what goes into pitches or the amount of time that goes into writing a script because at least the executives I know 
have friends who are writers or friends who are actors or friends who are directors. And everyone kind of knows how things work. Yet, for some reason, there, there's certain times when executives just act like you can write 20 pages in a week or something like that. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. I wonder if it's because of the smoke and mirrors we talk about, where even with your friend, the writer, they're they're like, oh yeah, I have a pitch next week. And they sort of just like shrug it off because they're, you know, at little doms eating lunch together and you know it's like it's like yeah i have a pitch next week and then to their writer friends they will be like oh my god i have a pitch next week can you please read it i don't know i am totally lost like i i feel like the freak out maybe doesn't happen with those people all right i'm just guessing just because we we all do and that's why this podcast is here is because we we all believe that um it's time to like peel back the veil and show that no this is a lot of hard work and this is how you do it yeah you fucking executives acknowledge it (laughs) all right so (laughs) we've done that was that was obviously for features and now that you in 2020 you've entered the world of television i have taken a step into the future because <laughs> movies might not exist in 2021. Oh, no, be quiet. So uh, can we talk a little bit about pitching for TV? Yeah. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> well, well, you know, what's your format for it? <laughs> what happens when, if you're pitching a TV show? What happens? How's it different than a feature? It is very different from a feature because, I, I mean, for obvious reasons, you're pitching – uh, an entire season of television, at least. Usually, in fact, almost <laughs> always, you're pitching more than one season. You have to prove that you have a story that could last seven seasons, if need be. And so it's a lot harder that way, I think, because it's not just a, a closed, open and closed ended thing like a movie pitches. Um, and two, I pitch, you know, TV comes from writers rooms and mm-hmm. the best tv shows you've ever seen came from five to eight people in a room just doing nothing but trying to break a story and so pitching one person just you and your house trying to figure out an entire series of television is just a whole other monster that is incredibly daunting um and a little unfair it feels like <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I mean, if we can talk about this, but you pitch with the WB pitch outline, right? I do. Yeah, I do now. Yeah, I, um, in this, so I, I pitched TV a few times and with, with great success and it was fine. Then came up to this one project where they wanted to just be very specific about their pitch document or their, how their pitch was being presented. And so the, the executive sent me, this PDF of like, here's what WTV sends out to writers to have them structure their pitch like this. And I was like, fuck you. I'm not even reading that. Like yeah. I'm not taking advice from like the studio on how I'm going to pitch something. Um, and then yeah. I sat down to, to do the pitch and I was like, Oh man, I'm really struggling with this. Like, I don't know how I should structure it because the world is very bizarre, very big, And I just, I couldn't figure out how to convey the information. And so I opened up the PDF and I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And now I've like the last three or two or three pitches I've pitched, including one that I sold in the room to Sony. 
came from this WB TV drama outline. And this wow. is what I'm going to use on Monday as well. And I, like I said, I resented it at first, but I'm going to read this to you and you can see why or how they structure their, this is specifically for drama. I guess they have another one for comedy, which I don't have because I don't work in that world. Um, but what I've, what I do with this is I use it as a really great rough outline for how I should structure my stuff. And sometimes I'll move the different parts around um, so they work better with what I want to be talking about at a certain time. But essentially it is this where you open with, of course, you have your introduction of why you should be the writer for this job. And then you have the teaser where you pitch out the actual teaser of your show um, it's something that's very visual. It gives a sense of the world. It gives a sense of the tone of your show. And it really just sets up your show in a really strong, powerful way. And then you take a step back and you go, now that you've seen that teaser, here's what our world looks like. And I usually write things that are in very big worlds. So this is a very key area for me to start laying out in the most simplified terms the world we're going to be playing in over the course of the series. So you've grabbed your listener. Now it's time to be like, here's where our show is going to live. And then I'll be like, the characters that we'll be playing in that world that we just talked about are these guys. And just give very kind of quippy <laughs> one-liners usually about the characters. Um, yeah. Some of their quirks, their backstory that's pertinent, but also, again, make that very succinct if you can. Um, just really want to hammer home how that character is distinct and how they're going to play a role in your show and how they're going to play a role with your main characters during the show. So um, like character dynamics in a TV show feel very, very important. Feels like almost more important um, to really hang a lantern on in a TV pitch than you would necessarily in a movie pitch. Because obviously in a TV show, it's all about watching these characters engage with each other hour after hour after hour for however right. many episodes you have. Um, so being able to convey how this dynamic works is very helpful because then an executive can see how it works over the course of this series. Now, once I've pitched my world and my characters, I dive back into the pilot. So I did my teaser, world characters. Now I'm diving back into the pilot. And I <laughs> they kind of tell you here in the document as I'm reading it, broad strokes of the rest of the pilot. Do not go beat by beat or act by act. This should really just be broad strokes and any key plot points, which helps to establish character and setup. Also, it says your pilot needs to serve as an example of what a typical episode would look like. That I think is very important, right? You want to be able to convey right away, this is how the show works. These are the mechanics of the show and you can tell right, right from the pilot. So that's very important. I think where I struggle is not going beat by beat <laughs> and not going act by act and just giving broad strokes. Um, that is where I have found following emotions in your characters to actually be very, very handy as a way to not get trapped in going beat by beat of your plot. So once the pilot is over, now it's time to talk about, all right, the series moving forward is going to look like this. And this is your chance to discuss what maybe an episode two looks like, maybe a mid episode looks like. So if, say you have a, a 10 episode season, 
that you're pitching out? What does your episode five look like? What's your midpoint of your series or season look like? And then what's your finale look like? And here's where you want to go into like potential storylines that you have plotted out, like this, you know, James betray Vanessa in episode three and everyone's going to be horrified. Um, and then also kind of generally pitch what your character arcs are going to be over the course of the season. And yeah, so that would be that next section. Um, I said series, by the way, and that's what's in this document. But when I pitch a show, I go pilot and then season one. And then I go into series. Um, this document yeah. that I'm looking at right now from WTB, WTV, it said WBTV says do pilot and then series. So I, I would in that in between space actually do season one and then series. In season one, I would go much deeper than in the series section, which can be very broad. They don't really expect you to know everything. They just need to know that you have a vague handle of where this show will end. And then the last world, thing in a perfect world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the last section they have in their outline that they suggest is the tone where it says you have to make sure you have clearly established the tone of your show and you may want to hit it again in the end to wrap it up. It's often helpful to use shows that people are familiar with as comps. So I don't know why they have the tone section at the end. I don't, I feel like what, if you've done your pitch correctly, the tone will very much have come through that you don't need to hit that section at the end. But there you go. That's what they suggest. All right. Easy. Super easy. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, I mean, another section that you might want to think about too, if you're doing TV is at least in that like series moving forward or in your season one section, um, get very specific if you want and talk about from week to week, this is what we'll be watching. You know, what is the nature of the episodes essentially? Um, and you can break yep. it down if you want and be like, here's the A story that will follow. And here's the B story that will follow. Oh my gosh. Do you have a preference between pitching one or the other? Pitching movies or TV? Yeah. Like, do you prefer to pitch one or the other? I kind of am liking this TV structure somehow. I don't know why. Maybe just because so I've been doing it. I know. Yeah. I used to think I would never, ever write in TV ever. And here I am. No, it's Everything great. I'm Are you writing kidding? is TV. No, no, it's amazing. All right. Well, those are the formats. Yeah, that's the that's the basic um, structure of a pitch that you want to pay attention to. One other thing that I want to mention, I think Josh kind of talked about it at the top a little bit, um, how people sometimes go in thinking they need to just give everything in their pitch and you don't really have to. You can do these broad strokes, um, but also don't go the other direction. I was talking with um, someone recently about a pitch that he wanted to take somewhere and it was clear that he didn't have a total handle on the pitch itself. He just knew it was a great idea and wanted to, he was just excited about it and wanted to go pitch it. And I kind of wanted to be like, well, like pump the brakes for a second because I think some people think that it should be this casual thing. It should just be a conversation. And if my idea is great enough, like I'll be able to convey that no problem. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Are you talking about me right now? <laughs> Oh man, what if I was? <laughs> Is <Sounds> this you? <laughs> weirdly familiar. 
Well, just... then, Josh, my advice to you <laughs> <laughs> would be maybe to write it out and really have a pitch because I've definitely come in because I've got a lot of advice over the years of, hey, why don't you stop being so serious about it <laughs> and maybe just be a bit more casual and like, yeah, because I, it's clear that I get visibly nervous when I pitch and I, people who have tried to help me over the years and who usually have a different personality than me will tell me to like take a chill pill and don't, you know, why don't you just go in with no cards instead? Oh, wow. or, Cause I mean, there are people by the way, who go in with nothing or they go in with note cards um, that just have bullet points on them and they don't even refer to them. And as I've talked about, I come in with a very specific script. Yeah, I get, um, I'm all for the very specific script, by the way. Uh, but I'll get really fired up and it almost sounds like I need to slow down. And it's not nerves. It's just like, I don't know, just, I just get into it. You get excited. Yeah. Excited. I couldn't even think of excitement. <laughs> you get excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, your pitch is probably going to be a good minute to two minutes shorter than your practice is going to be just because you're going to be talking so fast. I actually remember a note I gave you once was to go a little slower because it was harder for me to follow if you were just like pitching real fast. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's, I mean, that's a whole other topic of conversation. It's like, it's not just the content of the pitch you come in with. It's not just nailing this format and killing it. It's a whole vibe that you bring into the room. And apologies if I've already talked about this, but it was like a huge turning point for me in terms of figuring out how to present myself in a pitch and also just a big growing experience confidence-wise, which was another episode that we had. Um, but I remember I went in for a really big pitch it was a movie I really, really wanted. And I pitched to maybe six people, like heads of their, the studios, and it's very intimidating. And at the end, the feedback from the executive was, your pitch is great, but we don't feel like you can handle the job. Wow. <laughs> and it was because there were a lot of personalities involved, like big A-list level personalities. And a lot of producers were involved on the project who were very big, big names. And they just felt by the from the way that I pitched that I couldn't handle it. And when I was talking to my manager about this afterwards, I was like, what about me conveys this, this image that I'm not qualified? <laughs> and she said you're a great pitcher, you have great energy in the room, but you do pitch like you're trying to get a job. And that was like a big, like what? <laughs> but I am trying to get a job, first of all. <laughs> but yeah. two, like that really clicked for me because I, I 100%, that's the brain space I'm in when I go in for a pitch is I am trying to pitch for a job. And what, sh what that comment did for me was pivot so that I'm no longer pitching. Yes, I really want this job. Yes, I need to pay my rent next year. But it's coming at it from a place of being a creator where you're like, I am the best person for this job. And let me tell you why. And guess what? If you don't like my pitch, fine. I don't care. But this is the version that is going to kill it. And I'm the one to tell it. And when you have that presence in the room... People can tell. And it's interesting because on The Witcher, for example, the the woman who, who pitched that show and, and got that show, who show ran that show, um, she came in with that exact point of view of like, I'm going to pitch you something crazy, but this is how I think 
the show should be. And if you don't want to do this version, fine. Like you can do another version, but this is what I think it should be. And that impressed everyone so much that they were like, she obviously is the person for this job. And right. so take that advice. If, if it's helpful, it was really helpful to me. And I, try at least i hope i no longer pitch in the sense of like please give me a job this is why i'm the best employee it's it's making yourself more of the creator the boss right yeah that makes total sense you know that like sometimes i'll just sarcastically say things or joke around about whether it be after a pitch or something something about like i'm just touching on the whole like having the presence and a lot of times it'll seem as though i'm like not taking something seriously but really it's just my personality or I'm just kind of saying something to fill a gap. And so it is very important to just fucking plant your flag and be like, this is my vision. Boom. Mm -hmm. Take it or leave it. I mean, we talked in, con in our confidence episode about how you shouldn't be that person, a take it or leave it person that, that indicates ego. But I think in pitches is when that advice changes because yeah, you need was... to come in with confidence bordering on ego. <laughs> Oh my God. Our entire <laughs> last episode just collapsed. <laughs> so everything we said in the confidence one, forget it. <laughs> it's true. I think it changes the game. Uh, I've definitely had completely. feedback where people are like, oh, it's it's clear you have command of the, the show. It's like, really? Great. Because that's smoke and mirrors, but I'm glad I came in <laughs> with that, like that confidence. Mask. Yeah, no, I, you have to just recalibrate your brain for like those 20 minutes or 10 seconds that you're like talking to someone about something and you're presenting yourself and just be like, I'm good. I got yeah, it. Here 100%. We go. 100%. So that's what we have for you in terms of just speaking about format of a pitch. Um, mm -hmm. If you have any questions about that or you kind of want us to go deeper on something, please reach out. Our email is act2writers at gmail.com. And uh, I guess we'll end with the quote of the day. Let's do it. All right. This is a really exciting quote of the day because it's our first one that came from Twitter. That came from Twitter. This is a <laughs> 2020 quote of the day. <laughs> Me and Evan have been working on a script since 2016, have written about 130 drafts of it since then, and I'd say this week is the first time we feel like we really got it to a place we're excited about. So that's what writing a movie can be like. Seth Rogen. Boom. If you'd like more real-life screenwriting chats, commiserations, tips, and tricks, check out our Instagram, Act2Writers. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. Mm -hmm.